This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well today. Uh, getting closer, ever closer to that next Arsenal fixture. Still got to wait till Sunday, but uh, it's going to be an interesting one when we do indeed get there. Hope you are enjoying the start of the week. It's episode 100 of the Arsenal News Show. Of course, we've done over 100 of the Arsenal Transfer Shows. And now we've done over 100, well, not over 100, because this is the 100. I don't want to get involved with people's maths. Maths teachers might be watching. Um, but uh, yeah, this is the 100th episode. So um, thank you to everybody in the chat box. Let us know if you've been tuning in for nearly, if or if not all of the 100 Arsenal news videos that we have done. Um, it's mad to think that this show started out as just, you know, no one's really doing like an early morning UK time show. Let's... Uh, Let's let's do that, and uh, and we have, and it's gone really, really well. And you guys have have lapped it up, and really enjoyed it. And uh, so, thank you to everybody that's continued to to tune in, and will continue to tune in as well. Um, I know this is one of the best communities that you can find uh, in the Arsenal sphere and the Discord server as well, where our members are too. It is one of the best, also. So, thank you again. Um, it means a lot that you tune in and drop likes on all the videos and subscribe when you're new as well. As always, Maggi, good morning to you, to Anthony Afsar. I have to say, Maggi is probably a bit, if there's anyone that has committed to being first in the chat box of these 100 shows, Maggi is is definitely up there. AV, good morning to you, Skynet, Stevie, uh, Olu, plenty of uh, the people I also recognise tuning in very early in the morning. Peeny Ween, uh, Chris, uh, Bradley, uh, MFB, uh, Bobby's in the chat box as well. Uh, we've got Martin and Adama and Liam and Kevin, John T, GGT for you, Adam, Mike, Rich Kanu. Uh, we've got Guna Boy, uh, Stephen, good morning from Burma. Wow, that's uh, that's quite crazy. Is it still called, but I thought it was called Myanmar, or has that changed? That's just my geographical head going a bit weird, but you'll have to let me know. Um, good morning, Jacob. Good morning, Simi. Good morning. Uh, to Henry, and thank you for all the kind messages in the chat box as well. Uh, where's your prize, Matt? Your prize is right in front of you. It's the pleasure of tuning in for this show, Matt, and being the 100th first person on the channel. Congratulations. I hope it was worth it. 
<laughs> let's uh, let's crack on with the stories. As always, please do go subscribe to the Arsenal way. Hope you're doing good. Hope you are doing well. Uh, and uh, make sure that you do subscribe to the Arsenal way. We're on our way over there to 10,000 subs, uh, which is amazing considering we started the channel in the uh, end of August, start of September. Amazing stuff. Uh, and uh, yeah, we're really pushing hard to try and get to that 10,000 mark uh, before the end of the season. And some really hard work's gone into making that channel. And uh, I hope you appreciate the content. But uh, Bailey and Chris will be live over there at 9.30 a.m. Speaking of uh, the Arsenal way and some of the content that we've been putting out article-wise, I wrote a number of pieces yesterday um, that also went out. And uh, I wrote a piece on Jeremy Pino of... Uh, of Villarreal, really interesting 19-year-old winger who's been linked with Arsenal in the past and scored four goals against Espanyol at the weekend, quite impressively. Certainly someone that maybe Arsenal would look to, young profile, winger, diminutive, could be a Pepe replacement. So I wrote about the possibility of Arsenal revisiting their interest in the player and how it would cost them significantly more a year later. Um Partey and Fabian Ruiz, uh, and certainly an, <clears throat> an interesting uh, piece about how Partey can basically learn from Fabian Ruiz's shooting techniques after Fabian scored a great goal for Napoli in their 2-1 win over Lazio. And then lastly, a piece that you may have seen on your social timelines because it it went a bit mad. Um, it went a little bit mad yesterday on uh, on Twitter because uh, I wrote a piece basically talking about the goal record of Arsenal before and after Aubameyang. Uh, in 14 games, we've scored 18 goals with Aubameyang in the Premier League side this season. And in the nine games since he's been dropped in the Premier League, we've scored 20 goals. So you can kind of see the difference between the two there. Yes, they're very small sample sizes, but it is a small insight into what's been going on. And, and the fact that he's doing really well at Barcelona doesn't necessarily tell us that we made a mistake. It tells us that it was the right thing to do for both teams. However, that isn't how many people understood it and took it. And there was uh, a lot of uh, Abamyang stands, uh, as Adam says, with a new crew of stands. Yes, the Abamyang stands were all over me yesterday. Um, but uh, it's it was still great to see plenty of discussion going down based off of that article. You can read it if you like. It's my pinned tweet on my uh, personal account at Tom Canton Media. So if you want to go and have a look at the replies to the tweet uh, as entertainment, you can do that. But do give it a read and, and let me know what you think in the comments. Um, moving on to our first story, though, an Arsenal announced yesterday that there would be a 4% increase in ticket prices at Arsenal. The reasoning given for this was mainly basically put down to the losses made during the pandemic and that they were trying to uh, accrue as much money as they could from other avenues, including putting up the fees. Now, this is set to give Arsenal between 2.5 and 3.75 million pounds worth uh, of, of revenue extra, uh, thanks to that 4% increase. And at the time, my initial reaction when I saw the outcry was like, okay, let's try and approach this from a reasonable perspective first before I lose my head. And my reasonable perspective was, how else are they going to try and generate additional revenue at the moment? And where would people like to see that revenue generated from? And a lot of people responded with some very fair responses and argued about the TV rights deals going and increasing, other areas of Arsenal's revenue increasing. And then when I spoke to my colleague Kaya Karnak on the Arsenal way yesterday, he raised an excellent point, which is basically that is the 4% increase, the 3.7 whatever million pound extra revenue worth 
the PR disaster that is that 4% increase. Fans are already have huge expectations on them. If those that live outside the UK, and I'm sure plenty of you won't feel sorry for us, but the UK is currently going through a period of, of huge increases in the expenditure of just living. Um, all basic and daily needs are, are going up in prices from, from heating, electricity and fuel and food and everything's going up right now. So it's it's there are a lot of people that are living on very low wages in the UK that are struggling. So in the context of that, Seeing ticket prices increase for a kind of a very rich club that's getting a lot of money from other avenues, it was a bit of a kick in the teeth. And despite the fact that this came out before they announced the big losses that we'll talk about in a second, it still was a situation that fans felt, wow, really? Is this how we're being treated at this specific time? Uh, and yeah, it was a frustration. But if you've been affected by it, and if you're a person who goes week in, week out, then leave your comments in the comment section below about how you felt when you saw that they were raising ticket prices. The other part of this was the losses announced by the club amounting to around £107 million pounds, uh, worth of, uh, of loss. And this is something that I discussed yesterday evening with Mike from the Gooners pod. And if you want to check out kind of the full breakdown of Arsenal's 2021 finances, we talked through all of the losses. We talked through the £12 million pounds worth of player sales and what that means, the external debt being slashed by the club, the pandemic's impact on, and of course, what this means for the future. We talked about all of that and more. So if you want to get a really in-depth look at the numbers and what it means and you know having it basically made sense because you don't know anything about finances, then go and have a look at that show because it is a really good insight. And it actually puts a really good positive spin on where we're going because the projections for 2022 and the finances that will come out in 2022 are looking pretty good and Mike got this nearly spot on I think he was only something like three million pounds away uh, from getting the overall loss right he was very very good with his prediction so his projections for next year are looking a lot better and we go into kind of the overall restructuring what the loan means the investment that the KSE have put in and it actually details that KSE have indeed put money into this club and it kind of explains it in the way of how Chelsea have seen investment over their time since Bramovich has been there uh, up until very recently of course but uh, if you want to get a full breakdown and understanding of what's going on after you finish watching today's show go and watch last night's chat with myself and Mike and we go into all of it over the course of about 45 minutes or so so a very good listen anyway let's uh, let's move on to the transfer stories and there's a couple that we need to discuss the first uh, is not a player I ever expected to bring up but in the crazy world of Arsenal transfers you never can be too Ridiculous uh, with seeing links and uh, a number of stories have emerged claiming uh, that Arsenal are one of the teams that are monitoring the contract situation of Robert Lewandowski. Um, yes, you heard that right. Robert Lewandowski. It's pretty ridiculous that this is coming out, but uh, it is. And he's a player that obviously at 33 a lot of people have their say about whether or not it'd be the right kind of mood. According to 442, Arsenal are one of the number of clubs uh, who may pursue a move for Bayern Munich superstar Robert Lewandowski this summer after an impasse in contract negotiations with the Bundesliga Giants was reached. With Lewandowski, uh, Lewandowski turning 34 in the summer, the Bundesliga club are hesitant to tie him down to a long-term contract at this stage in his career, which leaves the door open to a summer move. And with that... I think that is probably where I'm going to put today's poll into the chat box. I'm trying to do more of these 
so that it's a little bit more interactive with you guys in the chat. I know we do a lot of interactions, but when we can put more interactions into the chat, we try and do it. So give me two seconds. We're going to put in, would you sign Lewandowski in the summer? Where he would then turn 34. Uh, there it is. The poll is now live in the chat. You should be able to give that a vote. You may need to refresh your browser uh, for it to come up, but do vote on that poll and let me know whether or not you would sign Lewandowski in the summer based on the news that contract talks are not going well with Bayern and they could look to cash in for who would then turn 34 in the summer. Our final story of the day is Patrick Schick. Now, there have been reports emanating uh, from France yesterday that Arsenal are monitoring a deal for Patrick Schick. This is good news for me because Patrick Schick is one of the two main targets that I have certainly leaned towards over the last couple of months or so. I've certainly changed my view on Schick, having watched a lot more of him in the last couple of months and think that his versatility in terms of how he plays, his versatility of characteristics and style would certainly fit into what Arsenal need from a strike. He would add aerial threat. He's still good with the ball at his feet and he's a very clinical finisher. And all of those things are characteristics that I would want to see as an Arsenal striker. I don't think he's the only one that we would need to bring in. And that's why I pinpoint Jonathan David as the other. And I would like to see both Schick and David brought in as my dream pairing of forwards in the summer of 2022. It's going to be a mad summer window. And we're going to be bringing you morning updates every single day at 8am. So make sure that you're subscribed with those notifications turned on as we get closer to the opening of the summer window, even though it's only the 1st of March. Pancake day, of course. So uh, make sure that you are subscribed if you're not already. And now we're going to go to the chat box and your questions. So if you've got indeed any questions that you'd like to ask before we wrap things up in today's show, then get those questions into the chat and we're going to go through as many of them as we can now. Now, sometimes when I do that and I roll those clips, it's so I can take a drink in between. But that time, it was just to take a breath. I felt like I could have been talking there ridiculously fast for about five minutes. Do tell me if I am talking too quickly. I know I have a habit of doing it. Um, but uh, yeah, oh, wow. I was like, breathe. I need to breathe and get the, get all this news out. Um, let's uh, Let's jump into the chat box and see what you guys are saying about what we've just been speaking about there. Rich Carney says it's a young team. He wouldn't last forever, but he could fill some key roles for a couple of years and he's in great shape. Benji says, obviously, yes. Even for two to three years would be a great option from the bench. Uh, imagine that, signing Lewandowski to put him on the bench. It does reek of a Man United signing social. You're right. Uh, that or a Chelsea signing. Even one of those two clubs, I could absolutely see Lewandowski popping up at next season. Jay Dunn says, to be fair, Tom, the Cronkies just spent a load of money on their team in America. They really could have covered this. Let us know uh, that they really didn't care or don't care about us and that we're basically collateral. It's, it's interesting, Jay Dunn, that you say that because when you watch the financial breakdown, you actually see how much money KSE has put into Arsenal and it's in the more than £100 million. So uh, if you want to find out more about that, as I say, go and watch the financial breakdown that we did yesterday. Um, Rich Carney says, do you think there are any current Arsenal striker targets that Lewandowski would keep out of the team? I mean, you have to look at what he's doing right now. I mean, in the Bundesliga this season, 
I'm sure he's still. I'm, I'm pretty sure he is the Bundesliga's leading scorer still this season. He turns 34 in August, so at the start of the Premier League season, he'll be 34. He scored 28 goals in 24 games. Now, whether or not he's turning 34, age still is just a number. And if you're scoring at that kind of rate, is it something that you can really turn your nose at for a season or two? Would Lewandowski coming into the team for a season or two utterly wreck kind of what we've got going on here at Arsenal? I'm not sure. It's worthy of a discussion because if we remember, we've just moved on a 32-year-old striker that was declining at Arsenal, has done very well in his early kind of few matches at Barcelona. So that's what's really interesting about this deal is that would you weigh up the idea of bringing in a striker that's scoring at that level for Bayern Munich, bring them into Arsenal and think, wow, is it going to work? You also have to factor in, this is Bayern Munich in the Bundesliga who, you know, score plenty of goals. But then you look at the Champions League and he has nine Champions League goals in seven games and two assists, 11 goal contributions in seven games in the Champions League already. 39 goals in 33 games. He's a goal-scoring machine. You have to also factor in, though, what type of striker Arsenal are looking for. And we do need a striker that's going to link up play. He has three assists so far in 33 games so far this season. I'm not saying he can't link up play. He certainly has the ability to. But he is playing with a ridiculous amount of talent around him with Gnabry and Coman and Muller and um, who else am I forgetting? I'm sure I forget Leroy Sané. So many talented players in that buying forward line. So it's a really difficult contextual debate to have. But I find it hard to know that I would turn down the chance to sign Lewandowski, say, on a one or two year deal. Because when you think about it, if Arsenal could sign Lewandowski for a reasonable fee for one or two years, and then we also sign a young 20s striker in addition to Lewandowski, is there anything really wrong? Is that breaking too many things? I'm not sure. Uh, I'd love to know more of your thoughts. And I also want to check out the poll. Uh, the poll is completely split. This is really interesting. 158 of you have voted. 51% have said yes, uh, they would sign Lewandowski. 48% have said no. Complete and utter split in the fan base. Paul says, Lewandowski too old and expensive despite his quality. Adam says, Tom, my issue with the Bamiyang's deal was that I raised yesterday is that we should have done a straight loan and we would have been able to command a fee in the summer. Didn't seem like that was going to be worth it. Uh, a Bluewell says, pinch of salt as it's the German league, but I've just told you, Champions League, nine goals in seven games. So it's not like he's just doing it in the Bundesliga and it's not like he's never just done it in the Bundesliga either. He scored against some of the biggest teams in the Champions League history consistently. Uh, Chris says, would cost more in wages than Aubameyang. Why fix the wage structure to blow it out of the water first out of the traps? It's a fair question. And the only answer to it would be is if Lewandowski can repeat the same goal-scoring form at Arsenal that he was doing at Bayern Munich. Uh, Mud says, I'm still all in on Darwin Nunez. I don't trust German strikers. They play super high, or Bundesliga strikers, we should say. Uh, they play super high line in that league. But I don't look at Lewandowski as someone who's, you know, running in behind and playing off the last man. I look at him as someone who's, you know, in the box, gets the ball, makes space for himself, is an expert finisher. So maybe it doesn't uh, correlate as equally. Olu says, no to Lewandowski. We need to sign players uh, for what we are going to do and not what for what they're going to do now. Too risky, at possibly on about £500,000 per week. Wage bracket would be an issue, says, uh, says Golu. Absolutely agree with you. 
Sufian says Lewandowski would never come to Arsenal and I would not have him anyway. Plus his high wages would be too high. The wages is the thing that puts me off more than anything else. The wages is what's the big barrier for me is, and I think there's a good point in saying why fix all the wage structure just to absolutely destroy it. Um, but Lewandowski, as Michael says, are you lot crazy? He is the best striker in the world. And I'm not going to sit here and tell Michael he's wrong because I don't think there is much of an argument around any other striker being better than Lewandowski. He is an unbelievably consistent and good forward, but he has also never really played outside of the Bundesliga in his senior professional career. He's played very well in Europe, of course, as well, and you can't discredit that. But there's always going to be that risk associated with bringing a player who's never played in the Premier League to the Premier League. Um, and it's going to be a risk. And if you're paying £500,000 per week, which is what it could cost, you never know. It could be upwards of that. It could be in that in that ballpark. And he has the absolute right to demand a figure around that ballpark. In fact, I mean, let's look at his current wages. Surely spot rack. Uh, let's have a look. Lewandowski wages. How much is he paid? Uh, Twenty-three million pounds. Is that per season? How much does each player earn? Let's scroll down. Uh, contract expiry salary twenty-three million. Let's have a look. If that is twenty-three million a season, twenty-three million divided by fifty-two. £442,000 per week. So let's just... Oh, it's euro, sorry. So if we just do a quick conversion, 442. He's on £370,000 per week at the moment at Bayern Munich. And that is a ridiculous amount of money um, still. Uh, it's mad that Neuer's on close to £300,000. So is Muller, so is Sane, so is Kimmich. Bayern Munich pay a ridiculous amount of money for their players considering they play in the Bundesliga, which is not known for having huge, huge wages attached to their players. Um, that's a huge amount of money. Would you pay near £400,000 a week to get Lewandowski at 34 years of age into the team? Who knows? Uh, Stu says, Lewandowski has slapped Chelsea, Arsenal and Spurs to thunderous effect. Do you think he will struggle against Premier League dopes like Duffy, Tompkins and Dawson? Nope, me neither. Um, Justice says, who's better, Odegaard or Bruno Fernandes? I mean, this season, there's a solid argument for Fernandes this season. Overall, in terms of raw quality, you can't get further than Fernandes when he's on form. Um, but even then, Fernandes still got nine goals and six assists this season. But it just feels like Fernandes is not having the best of seasons at all. I don't think you can sit there and say Odegaard is better, really, to be honest, in hindsight. He did score three against Leeds on the opening day of the season, to be fair, um, and two against Villa. So that equates to five of those goals in two games. But who's more important for their team? Martin Odegaard is more important for Arsenal than uh, Fernandez is for uh, Man United this season. But look, Fernandez is much older, much more developed, and Odegaard's got a way to go before he starts adding your that amount of goals and assists to uh, his rhetoric. And I think that when we look at what we need from a player in attacking midfield, we need to see Erdegaard add more goals, add more goal contributions. He would have more if he was a little bit more, if it were a bit less shot shy, if you know what I mean? Like take that shot that he had and the opportunity against Brentford. If he wasn't unfortunate, Aubameyang nicking his goal against Watford, he'd have another goal, of course, this season as well. But uh, I think that Erdogan is definitely more important to Arsenal than Fernandez is to Man United at the moment, especially this specific season. 
Um, Dirk says, apart from the wages, it's an absolute no-brainer. His age isn't a problem. We need to stop thinking players can't play well into their 30s. Latvian Guna says, I wouldn't. Despite it being Lewandowski, he doesn't fit the Arteta process. He would be solid, but for one or two seasons, why would Arsenal do it? It would completely tank the wage bill. Plan B striker. Uh, my opinion is, I don't know who you're talking about, but let's have a quick check. <laughs> Joel Pirro, uh, Swansea striker. Oh, I've seen someone. Someone was talking about this in my chat box yesterday. 22 years of age, 13 goals in 31 championship games. I don't know enough about this guy at all. And I haven't seen enough of Swansea to be able to tell you that he's the right player for us to sign. But hey, Championship strikers have started to come up to the Premier League and, and make an impact. We've seen Watkins do it, Tony to a lesser extent. Perhaps we see uh, Brereton and Diaz do it next season as well. Interesting. What's the breakfast? Hot cross buns this evening is pancakes. <laughs> that seems like the worst and least healthy day ever. Um, and I am supposed to be on a health kick because of uh, the wedding this summer. But I promise you, Blue Whale, it's just today. It's just today and then tomorrow we're back on it. It's pancake day. You've got to have pancakes. It's just it's just a rule. It's just what you do. <laughs> you can't not do it. Uh, yes, the Food and Travel says he is the best and can teach our others, uh, other signings like David or Isaac. If we get Champions League, we should go for him. Surely people saying no to him are crazy. I'm actually going to put this on Twitter as well as another poll. Uh, would you sign Lewandowski for Arsenal? In the summer, <laughs> on £400,000 per week deal, <laughs> for uh, two years. Yes or no? And we will revisit this tomorrow morning. That's going to be the plan. Because obviously, this poll ends as soon as the thing finishes. But uh, we'll revisit this tomorrow morning. Zero days, 23 hours. That's out there. Uh, would you sign Lewandowski for Arsenal in the summer on £400,000 per week for two years? Uh, let me know what you think. If you want to go and vote on that, feel free. But you can still vote in our poll in the chat. 226 of you have voted. And yet only 100 of you have liked the video. If you could make sure that you're also pressing the like button if you're voting on our poll at the same time, please make sure you do. Um, but 227 votes, 52% people saying yes, 48% said no. It's still very, very tight. Uh, Inga, thank you so much for the uh, donation. That's really, really kind of you. And uh, I know you're an absolute legend and part of, of course, our Discord server. And you followed up with the question saying, I think we should trust the process and don't sign a quite an old man with a huge salary. We need to, anyone who's listening that's 34 and over is like, oh, Inga. <laughs> painful we need senior players but in my world uh, a senior striker is a player with a lot of experience not age uh, and look I think you use Erdegaard as a great example Erdegaard is a brilliant example of a player who's not old <laughs> you want to use 22 as a term for not old and is still very very experienced um Cheat Tom, you didn't put any figures in our poll. Sorry, Carl. Uh, you can still go and vote on Twitter if you want to. Uh, Seb says, after watching Schick's goals this season on YouTube, I think he'd be the perfect fit for us. I agree. That's why he's absolutely my number one choice for summer strikers. Manu says, surprises me that the opinions are so mixed on this. I'd even take him if he were injured for his entire contract. We need someone like him in the squad. Christopher says, Tom, should we sign Zoboslai as Xhaka's... Re no, not as Xhaka's replacement. He doesn't play in Xhaka's position. If you want to sign him, you're looking at playing in where Emil Smith-Rowe is currently playing. That's where you would play Zoboslai. Uh, 
Arguably, you play him where Odegaard's playing, but I think he's better in a wider role. I would play him where Smith Rowe is. But I don't think we need him. And I know that's coming from Zobosli's biggest fan. I mean, I've got a shirt with his name on the back. Um, I don't think that we I don't think that we need him, to be honest. Blue Well really struggles with the trust of process. I mean, Blue Well, I'll be interested to know what is it that Arteta needs to do for you to get a brand new contract? Do let me know. Uh, I'm always interested to know that people aren't the biggest fans of Arteta, what it would take for them to change their minds. Tell me, what would it take for Arteta to change your mind? Moaz says, how much do you think shit would cost and would it be hard to get him? Would there be a lot of competition? I think there would be competition. He's a mid-20 striker scoring plenty of goals. I think a figure in the region of £50 million would probably be what it would cost. And if you told me that we could get Jonathan David and Schick for a combined £100 million, I would do it without hesitation. That is what I would do in the summer. And then add, say, a Fabian Ruiz, who apparently will cost around 16 million quid. Tielemans, 34 million pounds. We need a backup right back. We might need a backup centre back, depending on what happens in the future with Saliba and holding, etc. There are things that we do need to do. Wide players, possibly too. But we are looking to spend big. It is understood. My colleague Chris Wheatley reporting that the club is expecting a significant financial outlay in the summer and to be backed by Stan Kroenke. So let's wait and see. Inga says, I'm 59, but still young. <laughs> Love that. Uh, Reese says, do you like Nkunku? I would have him as a striker. He's it's, Nkunku's a weird kind of profile because he started off as kind of a central midfielder uh, and then has gradually moved further forward and is now playing in kind of this centre-forwardy second striker kind of role. I think if you sign him, you would do it instead of, say, a Jonathan David. I don't think RB Leipzig are going to get let him go, though. That's a thing. And I think they would charge an even higher figure than what you'd have to pay Lille for Jonathan David. So I would lean still more towards him. Billy says, sign Lewandowski and a young forward slash winger like Aguirre or Aguri, uh, or a David, and it will be a perfect scenario. Giles says, Lewandowski and a young striker like Jonathan David would be great business and not very expensive. That being said, I was the first one to ask you about Joao Felix to Arsenal, and he is my first pick. He's not mine, just isn't. Uh, up there with my biggest choices, uh, to be fair. Uh, I just think that he's so reliant on having another striker next to him. David does play in a system with two strikers, granted, but has played on his own and can play in multiple positions. Joao Felix, I think, is too codependent for my money. Um, but who knows? He could come to Arsenal and utterly prove me wrong. Um, why do I feel that we're going to go for Tony as one of our options, Abdul? I don't know why you've got that feeling because I've not seen any links about that at all. Neil says top four is what it would take to change his mind about, uh, about uh, what's his face, Mikel Arteta. Blue Wells says top four convincingly. Now, because you've put an adverb uh, on there in convincingly, to me, that tells me that you're giving yourself a bit of a safety net to say that if he gets top four, you can still say no. And I don't respect that. I'm going to be absolutely honest with you. I don't respect that. Because if you're putting kind of these broad descriptive terms next to <clears throat> an achievement, it's only because you want to fall back on that and say, well, it wasn't convincing enough for me. Stick your neck out and say, look, I will change my mind if he gets top four. If he gets top four, it's an achievement. Whether you get there or not, you get there because you deserve it. And it's as simple as that for me. So none of this convincingly bollocks. <laughs> Excuse my French at 8.32 in the morning. It's top four or it's not. I say we respect all opinions, but I don't respect that. <laughs> I just don't respect that. You're only saying convincingly to have some kind of fallback. That is the only reason. So you can still say that you're not changing your mind if you get to top four. 
Uh, Blue Wells says it has to be convincing given the circumstances. I don't see top four as the achievement. Eighth, eighth, and then scrap to fourth. No, I, I still think that's mad. I think you either have to go hard or go home. You either say top four is not enough for me and I want to see us get third or I want to see us challenge for a title or the, the fact he gets sacked if he gets top four. You've got to stick your neck out. I don't want any of this. I don't want any of this wishy-washy, you know, fallback kind of opinions. It's a bit weird to be like that on this. I just think it strikes me as, as someone who's leaving themselves out there to be able to still change their minds. And Terry, nah, if we get top four, that's big. It doesn't have to be how you get top four. And to be honest, the way in which we've gone about this in the first 20 or ever so games of the season, it's been a good season so far in terms of how we performed in the league. Cups have been a bit, you know, to be fair, I say cups. We got to the semi-final and were knocked out by the winners, Liverpool, in the League Cup. The FA Cup was a really unfortunate timing for us against Nottingham Forest in the FA Cup, which sucked. But at the same time, look, the league's been good. We've improved. We're getting good results. We're beating teams like Wolves over two, two games, which we've not done for nine seasons. There are lots of things to be really convinced about. Um, Adam says, so is top six convincingly okay? <laughs> uh, GGT review says I'd love to see us get Patrick Schick he's really impressed me at the Euros uh, absolutely I agree with you mate Joel says how much money do you think the Super Bowl made KSE I don't know Joel uh, but Mike from the Gunas pod would be the one to ask uh, Juni says Darwin Nunez is the real deal he's physically and mentally built for the Premier League the crazy part is he's going to cost 47 to 53 million pounds. Jay says, morning, Tom. I hope you're well, mate. Uh, just saying hi because my dad, Steve, is watching. Morning, Jay. And uh, shout out to your dad, Steve. And uh, I hope you're enjoying Pancake Day. Uh, you're going to tell me you don't like pancakes now, which is just going to be embarrassing for me. Of all. <laughs> Trevor says, you can get two strikers and good strikers for that weekly sum. You could. You're right. For 400,000 pounds per week, you could get two really, really good strikers. But Lewandowski... And another striker, a David, a Schick, or whoever, that threatens. I mean, if you get Schick, you've and Lewandowski, you've taken the two Bundesliga's top strikers for this season and top scorers and put them into the same team. I don't think you would buy both because I think they're too similar in terms of characteristics. I think you would go for a Lewandowski and a David, or a Lewandowski and, as you said, a Guerri in the chat, or um, who or Raul Felix, uh, those type of, or Latara Martinez. These types of kind of profiles, the smaller, diminutive second striker, like playing with another player type of players. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I do, I see merit in the argument for Lewandowski. I get the whole wage bracket, but it's not like someone coming in who's not considered one of the best players in the entire world and in, and who's at the top of their bracket. Lewandowski, without question, is the best striker in the world. And if you said that we can have him for two years at Arsenal and that he's producing a form the same as he is right now for Bayern Munich, that you really could push Arsenal up to a different stature. It also could mean that in a couple of years' time, following Balogun has developed to the point where he's of a level that we can bring him in, or that there are other strikers out there that we can then go for. And because we've established ourselves in the Champions League, thanks to Lewandowski's goals, we can then go for an even better. Uh, Charlie, is there a link to Lewandowski? As we reported earlier on in the show, um, Yes, there is. Arsenal is said to be one of the teams that are monitoring his contract situation and could move in the summer according to 442. So feel free to Google it and search it up and have a read of the pieces that are out there. Um, Edrasser says, what would be the difference uh, if they gave him the contract between now and the end of the season? I don't know what you mean. Um, who? Us or Bayern? I, I'm sorry, you're going to have to add a little bit more 
context of the question. MFB says, my heart says yes. My head is saying he won't come here. Manu says, we need to restore balance at Arsenal. The £350,000 per week contract has to be given to a 30-plus year old or the club would collapse. Um, I think giving it to someone like an under-20s player, like if you gave that amount of money to Erling Haaland, when I know I've said on the channel, I'm like, mm, it's Erling Haaland. But there is part of me that holds me back, especially when you look at the finances of the contract and the wages we've given to really young players at the club how much scope there is for improvement in those deals to you know encourage them to fight even harder and motivate them to try and get that next deal like Emil Smith Rowe being on what he's on Saka being on like 30,000 pounds per week these are the types of deals that you can get and give to these young players to motivate them to get to that next level of wage as well uh Riffan says any news stories in the midfield department nothing specifically um so there you go he's asking about Arteta uh, as to ask for Oh, I see. Yes, sorry. I was so focused on uh, Lewandowski. We've got Edris asked, what would be the difference if they gave Arteta the contract between now and the end of the season? The difference between giving him the contract now is that there is the chance that we could, say, finish outside the top six still. The season could collapse. It could absolutely fall apart. It's always a possibility that that could happen. I'm always very wary about contracts, especially with managers, especially after what we've seen in the past. Um. And I'll be more confident about giving him a contract in the summer, seeing where we were and see where we finished. I also think that we've got bigger priorities contractually with players like Saka and Smith-Rowe, not Smith-Rowe, but Saka. Um, you could argue Martinelli as well and looking at kind of his deal and where he's going, other players on the field as well that we need to consider sorting out very soon. Saliba, another one. So I'm a little bit concerned if we were to give it too early and then our season really kind of falter. I would want to see where we end up this season before making a decision for my money. Terry says, I can't believe this poll is so split. Let's have a quick check. Uh, 280, 300 of you now have voted 50%. Either way, wow, it is very, very split indeed. Let's have a quick check on Twitter. Let's see. Uh, it's very different on Twitter. Uh, 180 people have voted so far in the first 11 minutes. 62% uh, have said no. 37.2% have said yes. So it's actually quite different on Twitter, but we will, we will revisit this in the morning uh, in the show a little bit later on today. I think we're going to do another show later on today. So do stick around. Do make sure you're keeping your eyes peeled to the channel. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you guys as it always is. Uh, do drop a like on the video if you haven't done so already and subscribe if you haven't done so either. Uh, do join us tomorrow morning for the 101st episode of the Arsenal News Show. But thank you for tuning in for the 100th episode as well i will see you soon have a fantastic day and as always up the arsenal it's the 90 plus minute all your mates around and you've got a mcnuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget snatching all three points perfection order now on the mcdonald's app for your mc delivery you in at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.